When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart, but we didn't stop there. We combined soft and bouncy to bring you new Sweet Tarts Gummies Fruity Splits, a uniquely delicious dual-sided gummy with one side that's sweet and one side that's tart, but entirely smooth and squishy. Mmm, a powerfully perfect combo. Sweet Tarts, dare to combine. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food Essential Recipes podcast with me, Miriam Nice. Each week I'll be joined down the line by a different member of the cookery team and we'll be answering your questions and talking about how we're getting on in our kitchens during this really difficult time. So please do join me, find us on Spotify, iTunes or Acast or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to never miss an episode. This week I'm calling up food editor Anna Glover. Hi, Anna. Lovely to have you back on the podcast. Hello. Um, And how's things since we last spoke? So how are the cats and the three-cornered leeks? Um, There's so much three-cornered leek still. Um, Spending a lot of my time trying to pull it up. Apparently it's a weed and it grows uh, really quickly. So I'm just trying to get as much out as possible and also cooking with it oh yeah also um yeah 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 and the cats are absolutely fine loving the the weather loving the sunshine oh so nice yeah uh what have you been making with the with the three-cornered leeks are you completely sick of it uh, a little bit yeah <laughs> but I kind of um I'm sort of substituting it for spring onions so I have made quiche with it I have made it into like a pesto like a salsa verde sort of um combination and I've also what else I've been doing with it oh I've added it to like stir fries and things like that and I did like a butter bean and three-cornered leek soup oh delicious so yeah lots of things to do with it that's oh, definitely not wasted nice one um how's shopping been for you since we last spoke uh it's not too bad uh I'm still doing a few like click and collects and things so it seems to be getting better have you found that Yes, I think we've been able to get a few more things than we yeah. expect. It's still a bit difficult to get things like sugar. Yeah. Um, but we've got things like honey and and that in, so it's not too much of a worry. No. So yeah, a few things that are a bit bit tricky, but but most things are, as you say, coming back to normal, I think. Yeah, I've confined eggs now, but I'm also I'm struggling to find baking powder. I'm obviously eating too many pancakes. So <laughs> Are you making them with sourdough discard? Yeah, I was. um, Yeah. So just to make sure that I don't waste it, um, I've been making sort of like fluffy pancakes with that. And it gives a really nice flavour. But obviously, I've just been adding a spoonful of uh, baking powder to give it like extra lift. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. All right. So this this week, we're going to be talking about batch cooking. That's our theme. Um, Yeah. So I hope that's all right. Of course. Uh, So what is... What is batch cooking for anybody who doesn't know that term so well? So batch cooking is making a big pot or a big dish and 
essentially portioning it out and freezing it um, or saving it for another day. It's sort of, it's a really good thing to do for a big stew or bolognese or something that takes a little bit of time. So you can spend a bit longer when you've got the time and make a big batch of something. And then if obviously it'll freeze really well. So you'll get, um, you basically get more meals for your, for your time. Yeah. Uh, so instead of making how much, however much you need for that day, you make, I'd say like two or three batches, depending on how big your freezer is or what you're making, of course. But um, I do it quite a lot the weekends when I've got a bit more time, especially like if I'm going into the office and I get home relatively late. It's sort of good to have some things in the freezer just on standby. Uh, and it's great for like uh, families as well when you sort of you know, you've not really quite planned what you're having for, for dinner. So it's good to, um, yeah, it's good to have some things on standby in the freezer. Yeah. Have you been doing very much of it? I mean, now we don't really have to go into the office at the moment. So, um, cause we're all at home. Like, have you been doing the same sort of batch cooking that you, you did do before? Yeah. I, have you, I don't know if this is just me, but there's some, so when I do like a shop, I'm one of those people that I don't like shop for, um, like do a weekly shop. I usually do a big, like, you know, in normal, in normal times, I would do like a big bulk shop, like maybe once a month. So I would buy like all my tins and all like dried things like rice and pasta, um, and just do one big bulk buy and then just buy some little bits of salad on my way home from work or something. I've not really been, I've been sort of doing more smaller shops now I've been at home just because I don't obviously want to buy too much of one thing, you know, just want to buy what I need. Um, but what happens when I buy a big bulk of something is that I actually don't have enough room in my fridge. So like if I buy a big pack of mints, I like to batch cook and then it basically, so I can have the room back in the fridge so I can store it in the freezer. I don't know. I like, it's something that, um, have you, have you found this? I don't, um, I don't batch cook as much. I kind of, that's one of the, one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about it because it seems such a good time saver I think I'm not yeah. very good at getting into that habit of making something and I, I also worry that we'll just eat the whole thing if I make a lasagna or something then we'll just, we'll just yeah there's, some, there's a good the tip for that um, yeah. what's, the, what's the tip for that so you once you put you have to portion it out basically before you eat dinner because otherwise if you know there's leftovers <laughs> you're going to eat them so I always um portion it out and then put the other portions in Tupperware to cool or in like a in a in a dish in a in a bake everything in separate dishes like in a lasagna I would do like two mini ones and then freeze one and bake one then that's a really smart idea so you don't have like unlimited lasagna like (laughs) lasagna on tap (laughs) yeah so that's good yeah I yeah I, I but I know what you mean about the big sort of bulk shop will often do sort of one online order maybe once a month or something just like yeah. so to get because we don't have a car um and to get things like the heavy tins or the um fabric softener and that kind of that kind of thing yeah um, I yeah. sort of do that with um like a chicken curry so I buy like uh, maybe like a larger pack of chicken thighs than I maybe wanted to eat that night for example and then just make a big batch of chicken curry and then store it in the freezer so it's sort of like I have to time when I'm going shopping when I've got the time to batch cook so it you know so there's enough room in the kitchen for everything but I do I think it's very therapeutic as well there's something really um it's sort of like self you like 
self-care almost like you're 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 cooking and you're you're looking after future you yes that's a lovely way of looking at it for those days yeah. when you're just like I have no idea I've definitely come home from from work or, or from being out and had to make lots of decisions or, or whatever and then come back and been like I didn't want to make a decision today yeah exactly <laughs> you just, just quite tired yeah and just just that's what we're having because it's already yeah. done that that is great and there are a few things that I make um say for the for two nights in a row so obviously it can get a little bit repetitive repetitive eating the same thing two nights you know in two nights but it's really good if you did like a chili con carne you could have it with um like jacket potatoes one night and then turn it into tacos the next day so it's kind of it's a fun thing to do um and also it means that you've sort of you've done that slow cook or that um all of the prep in advance um yeah that's a it's a great tip oh that sounds delicious what um what are your favorite is chili con carne one of your favorite batch cooking dishes um do you know if I have mince I always make uh bolognese because then it, and then I uh portion it out and freeze it so then I can make lasagna from the frozen um bolognese mixture or uh actually it's kind of it's kind of nice to do that and then I'll serve it with like polenta as well okay. so there's loads of different you know different ways you can use it I think sometimes chili con carne can be maybe a bit one directional if you say I mean like it's um like the flavor profile you can't adapt it whereas with bolognese I could add mushrooms to it or I could add like maybe a dash of balsamic vinegar and things like that or feta and just make it a little bit different yeah you Um, can take it in another direction at that point yeah yeah but I feel like the flavor profile of chili con carne lends itself to different dishes but not necessarily different flavor profiles in the con carne because there's so many flavors already in there yeah um so I really like doing that and then I love doing like sausage ragouts and things um so like sausagey bean stews in the slow cooker so if um if I turn the slow cooker on I kind of want to do a big batch of something and then I can freeze that in portions um yeah there's so many there's so many different meaty things you can do but also maybe things with pulses and grains and lentils which actually take a little bit longer so like dal um sort of like lentil soups and things that maybe take up to an hour to to cook and then if you if you portion those out and freeze those it's sort of a great idea for like midweek meals or lunches or something yeah especially now if we're we're at home you're still having hot lunches we talked about those last time (laughs) (laughs) still on my cheese toasties oh great it's kind of a sandwich but upgraded lovely lovely all right so I've got a couple of questions here from our they're actually from our live Q&A's we did a shout out to people for um their batch cooking questions so I've got a few here and uh, so what is your you just mentioned actually what's your go-to dal recipe oh um so I'm a bit I think the whole team is dal obsessed aren't we absolutely um, we did a whole podcast <laughs> on it last season if you haven't heard it do go and check it out we are completely bonkers about dal <laughs> Yeah, we had like a doll off. Um, <laughs> so I absolutely love um, taco doll, which is just like quite a simple whatever I have in like my spice cupboard, um, and not and whatever vegetables really I have, I quite like adding. So like diced carrot. I even put some parsnips in it the other day for like added sweetness, and just because they were looking a little bit wrinkly in my veg drawer. Um, or black doll is amazing. So something a bit creamier, a bit more indulgent. 
delicious. Um, what stage did you put the parsnips in? So I fried off the onion, so some onions and ginger and garlic, and I finally diced the parsnip and f- added it to the onions. Okay. So it was it wasn't like um, added. So you could roast them and then add them at the end, which would be absolutely lovely. You'd get like that golden caramelized, you know, the the flavor from the yeah. parsnip. But I actually just wanted something finely diced. You know, like the sofrito in a bolognese. I wanted something a bit softer and to add like a little hint of sweetness. Yeah. Oh, that sounds um, great. So, yeah, and I also added, of course, I added three cornered leek to one the other day. <laughs> We had a question last week that said, I've got loads of three-cornered leek. And I, I posed it to, to Lulu and I said, this might be Anna Glover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just, it's always interesting to hear what other people would do. This is why the um, the Facebook community is so fantastic. Because really, yeah. you know, we always call it in the team, like your internal larder. You know, you have your go-to ingredients that you you have in your in your store cupboard in your head that you always add to dishes and it's really nice just to expand it and ask people what they would do with something and it's always very different yeah well usually for me it's just like put some tahini on it or something (laughs) I hear myself saying that turn it into a cocktail (laughs) yeah oh mine's just add telegio add cheese (laughs) (laughs) nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that Um, everything's better with cheese yes absolutely Okay, so another question. I'm making a fish pie. I have a mix of fresh cod and salmon, but how do I make the sauce? Oh, um, so I really like doing a classic uh, bechamel, which is um, flour and butter, and then you make a paste and then you add the milk a little bit at a time, slowly stirring over a low heat until all the milk is incorporated. And then you just cook it for a few more minutes and you get like a really lovely, silky, smooth, um, thick white sauce that you can add your fish to. But if you don't have uh, that much milk, which um, because we're drinking so much tea and coffee in this household, uh, (laughs) we sort of like milk is one of those things that we're sort of like using it sparingly. I'm actually, I did, um, I did a fish pie the other day with um, creme fraiche and a little bit of corn flour and milk, just a splash of milk to loosen the corn flour. And that worked really, really well. I love that. Um, It sort of gave it, gave it a really nice tang, which worked well with this like smoked haddock. Um, So yeah, there's loads of different routes you can go down. Um, but if you wanted to stick with the traditional, I'd say the white sauce, and then you could add different flavorings like mustard or uh, tarragon if you wanted. Um, yeah, and also uh, I always find that when the fish cooks, it releases a bit of water. So I always make the sauce a little bit thicker than I want before it goes, before you stir in the fish, before you put it in the oven, because I feel like it does loosen it up. It does loosen up slightly. Once yeah, that's the fish a really, a really good tip. The same with them. Um anything leafy like spinach as well is particularly bad for that you you kind of want to cook that first and and really wring it out before you put it in something like that Um, yeah but that's really nice we've got loads of um fish pie recipes on bbcgoodfood.com as well i know barney's done a next level version so if you want to take it you know really to the best ever that's a that's a really good place to 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 go to um and lots of recipes for pies that have got that white sauce in and i i've been using um a there's a cauliflower cheese recipe on the website and it was a 
big revelation for me um, because the sauce, it's a, it's a super easy recipe, is the, the milk and the flour and the butter all go into the pan at the same time cold at the beginning. And you oh, just okay. whisk it. And then as the butter melts and the milk heats up, you've whisked the flour in enough that it doesn't go lumpy. Oh, um, that's great. And I know, obviously, there's, there's, there's sort of schools of thought that you, you want to cook that, that flour out a bit more. Um, but if you've got other flavours going in there, like with the cauliflower cheese, like with the, the cheese that's going in there, or if you've got fish pie and you've got a lot of tarragon or some chives or something, you, I don't think you'll notice. And you just, if you, if you do struggle making that bechamel, I, I love that recipe. I use it a lot. So yeah, you could, you could definitely use that in a fish pie. There's only a few things that my mum and I differ on when it comes to cooking, because obviously she taught me so much of what I know, but um, she does the all-in-one method for cauliflower cheese. And I do the classic roux because I really like the brown butter element. So I take my roux quite far, so it's quite dark. And then um, I think you get an added nuttiness, which works well with the cauliflower. But then she, you know, her cauliflower cheese wins hands down every time. So... (laughs) (laughs) That's the one you want. She she batch cooks cauliflower cheese, uh, not to freeze, but to eat for breakfast the next day. I'm sure she won't mind me telling the nation. So that is where, because last time we spoke, you gave me this this two course breakfast idea, yeah. where um, you said you have like a, a maybe a savoury breakfast and then a, a breakfast dessert. And so, yeah. and your mum's having cold cauliflower cold cauliflower cheese. You're saying for breakfast? Um, I think yeah, I think she has co- cold cauliflower cheese and roast potatoes left over but she makes extra specifically for that reason because she loves it or sometimes what she's been doing because she's got a little bit more time now she's at home um she's making cauliflower cheese fritters which I haven't had them but they look incredible she keeps sending me pictures oh that sounds good I've done a there is I've got a cauliflower cheese um croquette recipe on bbcgoodfood.com and they're really they're a bit they're a bit of a faff to make, um, but, but they're so it. worth it. Like you know, like um, Scotch eggs and things. Um, yeah, anything totally. where you've got to kind of make a mix and chill it and roll it and breadcrumb it. But they're really nice. Um, yeah, oh, I can imagine that being great. Yeah, cauliflower cheese with an egg or something for a brunch yeah. dish. Oh, absolutely amazing. We need yeah, to do a whole podcast just with you about breakfast ideas because <laughs> it's just revelatory every time. <laughs> <laughs> any any time. I love a cold crumble, bit of cold crumble and yogurt. That's my fave. So the only the only dessert that I like for not breakfast dessert, but any like normal dessert that I have for breakfast is Christmas pudding with brandy sauce on Boxing Day. Christmas pudding for breakfast. Yeah. That's yeah. intense. That's yeah, really but, intense. <laughs> do you know the night if you eat like a really big meal the night before, you always wake up a little bit more hungry. <laughs> so you've got the room for the Christmas pudding that you didn't have the night before. So I look forward to having that for breakfast. I just, I just don't know if I'd be ready for that. I often, I really love the idea of having Buck's Fizz and we do have it sort of fairly early on a Christmas Christmas morning. But it's always a bit of a struggle, like the idea of having a bit of booze. <laughs> so Christmas pudding with brandy, brandy butter. And also yeah. uh, the brandy butter in our house is serious business. So, yeah, I don't know if I'd be ready for that, but I love it. Just that on <laughs> toast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't get that far yet, but I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking You're thinking about, about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right, so let's have a look at some more of these questions. and. Is there an easy soup recipe for this person? They've got lots of carrots. I kind of am a bit traditionalist when it comes to soup. I think carrot and coriander is something 
so lovely about it and so classic and comforting. But if you wanted something a little bit different, um, it's quite nice with some harissa. So if you did it, if you fried them with some ginger and some onions and then uh, simmered with veg stock and then just a spoon of harissa in there and maybe some like chopped coriander or something and then uh, add a dollop of um, yogurt on top with a spoon and more of harissa swirled in uh, you get like a little bit of a different vibe on a carrot and coriander oh that'd be lovely okay and this person's accidentally bought creamed corn what can they do with it We've got a really great recipe on the website that uh, our colleague Esther wrote for a jerk cod with creamed corn and she's got charred spring onions with it and that's really nice. So you just need like a jerk seasoning or a jerk paste and then you grill the fish with the, with that spice on and serve it with the creamed corn. So um, that's a really nice combination with the with the spring onions. Oh, that'd be um, lovely. And also serving spring onions like whole, like a, like a vegetable its own, right? That's always really nice if they're like charred. Yeah. That's yummy. Oh, that'll go but really not, okay. But I've never seen I've never seen creamed corn in a in a can or you know in a in a pre-made before. So I'll have to look out for that because I really like it. Well, it might not be. I don't know. We we have a lot of wonderful questions that come in and lots of hellos when we're doing the um the live Q and A's. We're doing those at twelve thirty every weekday on Instagram, but they're also going out on Facebook and YouTube. And we get wonderful questions like these and just hellos from all over the world. Um, and they're really really lovely. You've you've done a few of those now, haven't you, Anna? As well. Yeah, yeah, they're great fun. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice to see. I think um, ingredients is are getting it like we said with the shopping it is getting a little bit more back to normal but we still got plenty of time so I think people are are wanting to try something new um with the things that they're able to yeah. get and, and spend a bit more time which is which is great doing some nice cooking projects so what would you suggest if um someone has got that kind of plenty of time about something that they can learn this week um that would be useful so we've had things like pastry we've had a couple of people have said make bread or sourdough and I think both Esther and Lulu suggested taking the time to soften onions properly and really see the difference that that makes in their recipes is there anything else that you'd suggest if someone wants to take some time um, with their cooking this week a great tip is to know how to make jams and preserve I think that's something that is really rewarding and it's something that not a lot not a lot of us do because either we're a bit scared of like sterilizing jars or you know we don't know if we're gonna we can't really taste it until it's cooled down so um but I'd say definitely take a little bit of time and try out some different types of pickles or uh making your own pickle lily um you know pickling your own cucumbers is something that you can add to dishes and it makes such a huge difference like just finely slicing cucumbers and maybe some shallots and pouring over a bit of vinegar with some salt um and sugar those in a cheese sandwich just completely changes your lunchtime um it just feels so different to you know like jarred pickles yeah there's something a lot fresher and a lot um it's a lot sharper. So there's, that's something that I would say now we have the time. I think caramelising onions is a fantastic one, but even taking it further, like making caramelised onion chutney for your own cheese toasties or cheese board or something like that um, is really nice. 
for those. I love, um, I love any, if in doubt, bring it back to cheese. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what can we serve with cheese? I love that um, idea of preserving and pickling. I think that's, that's really, I'm, I've been testing some recipes. I, I made the pickled radishes, which is a Jane Hornby recipe on bbcgoodfoods.com and we had it in the magazine where I was talking about it and I've been eating my way through those and they're so good and I think because yeah. it's got the ginger and um chili in there and some lovely spice it's got cloves and, and all that you can really taste it and you just it makes you feel really inspired that if ne- next time you could change the spices and make them your own and and they're just so useful like yeah on rice dishes or um I made like an okonomiyaki and put them on top of there um I've had them in toasties I've had them with any kind of sort of Middle Eastern spread as well they're just really versatile and and just add that sort of sharpness and crunch as well so if you found it difficult to get fresh vegetables regularly or if if like I don't particularly like going out shopping that much at the moment so that's been really good so I can have you know some vegetables that I've cooked because you know I need to keep them going but then add that fresh crunch from something pickled that's been that's been super and I've also made your um your piccalilli recipe from oh yeah beefskifood.com which is lush I had a plowman's on a Sunday night and it was a treat thank you Incredible. very much but, yeah yeah that's so nice that's a really really good shout yeah, there's just something like, you know, if you buy pickled beetroot or if you buy pickled cabbage or something, you can't really change the flavour profile because it's already, the flavour's already in there, if you see what I mean. But then if you wanted to experiment with like adding a bit of chilli to your pickled beetroot and you don't even need to like get fresh beetroots, you could just use the vac packs and um, do like a quick pickle almost, you know, just in a bowl with some vinegar, a bit of sugar, and maybe some like chili flakes or something. It's a really, really different, you can sort of change it to your taste a lot yeah. more. Um, so yeah, give it a go. Yeah, there's loads of information on bbcfood.com. We've also got a guide and video for how to sterilise jars. So if you're not sure yeah, about that, super easy. then you can check that out as well. Oh, brilliant. Okay. And shopping is getting a bit more back to normal, but there are a couple of things that I wanted to ask you. If you're struggling to get eggs, what should people do? Um, What are your top tips for no eggs? I'd say we have some fantastic vegan recipes on the website for um, sort of egg-free cakes. And you could, even if they use like a vegan spread, like a butter alternative, you can swap that for butter if you wanted and use like a butter um, without the eggs in there. So sometimes they use um, like milled flaxseed or milled chia seed as a binder yeah. or you could use xanthan gum. So check the website, depending, we've got a fantastic vegan lemon drizzle cake, for example, and a great like Victoria sponge and some little cupcakes and things. Uh, so if you've got butter, then just just sub in regular butter if you wanted i've also just developed some egg-free cookies oh yeah which were amazing and then i dropped them on the floor when they came out of the oven oh was that <laughs> the one i saw that on your instagram and i yeah. felt so bad for you because they looked actually i didn't feel that bad they looked so delicious that actually that same night i went and made some cookies for myself because i was Did just you? like i really want to eat them <laughs> so they just they have a tablespoon of water in them um instead of any sort of egg binder and you just it makes an absolutely amazing dough I was really impressed with them and it's got baking powder in just for a little bit of lightness yeah and they will be going up very shortly 
So check the website for those. Um, and in savoury things, uh, we do have a vegan Yorkshire pudding recipe on the, you you know my how I feel about Yorkshire batter. Yeah. Um, and totally She involved. loves it. If you're not sure, if you've not listened to the podcast before, um, Anna's, Anna's a big fan. We did a, an episode on, as well as Dahl, we've done an episode on Toad in the Hole, which Anna features. So yeah, yeah. do check those out if you haven't already. So we've got an egg-free Yorkshire pudding batter, which is really interesting. And yeah, I think try and add cheese where you can't <laughs> add. <laughs> so if you're thinking like brunchy dishes, then add like, you could do baked feta instead of baked eggs, things like that, which oh, is nice. really nice. It's a little bit different. And fat, feta lasts for ages in your fridge. So it's kind of a good standby and halloumi and things. Um yeah, tricky question. I'm wondering it's if been um, really tricky BBC Good Food budget will run to a little bell that I can ring if ever you mention cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I could just ring the cheese bell. Yeah, it's me, me and Keith. And yeah. Like that is so. Yeah. Yeah. We need our own cheese fridge. <laughs> I think he's got one. I think he, I think he's already bought one. Has he? Yeah. Okay, so we, we've done eggs, I think. I yeah. Think. Um, there's vegan recipes are absolutely right there. That's a really good cool we i did a vegan fry up so if you wanted there's a scrambled egg but not egg i think it's maybe it's oh, maybe the tofu yeah. so that's and it's colored with um turmeric and, and lots of spices so if you're missing that kind of scrambled egg you could just do that and then serve it with with whatever else you you fancy but yeah that's a brilliant i'm so excited about your vegan cookies they sound really useful yeah. especially for when you've you've run out or if I'm feeling a bit precious about eggs you know if I just haven't got that many so I've got like yeah. three or something then that that's um I'm very excited to try those um I'm so sorry you dropped them on the floor <laughs> <laughs> it's okay I, I had another batch waiting okay. in the fridge so actually it was okay I just ate the ate the bashed lot while the other ones were cooking oh, okay okay good um <laughs> all right so lo- no eggs what about loads of potatoes what would you suggest um... Oh, just like Dauphinoise or Boulanger or something is absolutely fantastic. And now we've got a bit more time. It does take a little bit of effort to slice them and they take a little bit of time in the oven, but you won't be disappointed. They are honestly so good. And if you wanted to, you could do a big like lasagna dish of it. And then once it's cooled, you could cut it into portions and then freeze it. Great. So definitely um do something like that where there's a bit more time and a bit more effort involved and then you will thank yourself later on and also like hot pot is sort of like a family favorite of ours it's something that um we used to eat once a week just lamb chops stock uh, maybe some onions some carrots and then a layer of potatoes on top and then dotted with butter so they get super crispy and then really soft underneath um yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And you could do mini ones of those. You could do miniature ones and put them in the freezer. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I bet they freeze really well. How does yeah. um, Dauphinoise fare in the freezer? Yeah, absolutely great. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you, um, if you just let it cool and then cut it into sort of like blocks or squares, depending on how thick it is, obviously. And then if you freeze it, it's... Um, then transfer it to an oven-proof dish and cover with foil and then reuse it in the oven. Maybe even add, like, a bit of cheese to it. Okay. <laughs> There's the bell. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah. 
um yeah it's absolutely absolutely great in the in the freezer um, okay so it's that cooling down because I had a we had a chat with um Lulu last week yeah. and it's that I think especially with sort of creamy dishes my worry um and not people who are writing in was it's that wateriness that you can get and I think what she was saying is that yeah you what you're saying there is cool it down so there's yeah. no condensation so it's like up. yes yeah. and there's no condensation so that that's what's giving you the sort of wateriness so that's oh brilliant good yeah I even froze fish pie as well yeah um super creamy like I added I had a bit of a bechamel and had some cream left over so I put that in uh which was absolutely delicious and then I've frozen that with mashed potato on top um also another like uh thing that if you've got some time and you want to like master a skill try and make your own gnocchi yeah uh if you've got loads of floury potatoes um there's loads of recipes on the website for um for gnocchi and it's so fantastic they're such a different texture I find when you make them yourself like they're lighter they're fluffier and they're sort of they just taste better than what if you get them pre-made yeah they're so good they're so good and so satisfying to make and it's a lovely dough to work with as well yeah it's really it's a really nice way to spend an afternoon oh lovely okay so I'm going to ask you one more question from my Instagram live list I've got loads of red peppers. What can I batch cook with them that isn't ratatouille? And I would say if you like roast, slow roasted them uh, just in half and skin side down with a drizzle of oil, maybe like a half, like a few slices of garlic and a bay leaf nestled in and some thyme and you slow roast them for like 40 minutes. And I just think like they get a lot sweeter and they lose. I sometimes find that they have like a bit of a bitterness. And so if you do that and then you make a, like a romesco with that or if you did um, like a tomato pepper sauce that you blended, that's great for the freezer. So yeah. you um, you just roast them and then blend them with a tin of tomatoes and bring to a gentle simmer. And then it's great that you could add some chorizo to that and top it with cod or you could spoon that over roast pork or uh, have it with sausages. It's just, it's really versatile. And it's that sort of thing where you can then start tweaking it once you defrost it. So then you could add chili if you wanted. You could add, um, you could make it into a soup. You could add like a bit of cream and make like a creamy pepper soup with it. So yeah, I'd definitely say something that's versatile. Um, but that, yeah, so that's like a base for lots of different recipes oh, that sounds delicious yeah yeah slow racing them is just going to bring out so much of that yeah sweetness and deliciousness just got time i think a few more questions but these are from our facebook group bbc food together I'll just pick these up and it'll scroll through all the beautiful things that you're all making please do join that group if you haven't already it's a really nice sort of forum for asking questions and talking to other people in the community so do check that out this one's from Anita. It says, I need to use up some bechamel sauce. Had lasagna on Friday and cauliflower cheese yesterday. So what else What else could they do? I think I'm going to ring the uh, the cheese bell and say yeah. that it may be like a croque, croque madame or a croque monsieur. Oh. Like, so just make a cheese toasty with a layer of that bechamel inside, ham, cheese, um, and then some more bechamel on the top and, and, and cook that. So you can, you can bake it um, or you can grill it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, stick an egg on the top. It's delicious. Can I, 
sticking with the cheese theme, <laughs> you could make a rare bit mixture out of the bechamel. So you've got that bechamel base, base add some mustard, um, a splash of ale or something, and then loads of cheese. And then you, you've got like a really fantastic sauce to put over fish or even like spoon over roast potatoes Ooh. and things like that. Um, so yeah, just making it a little bit more sharp to go with something roasted is absolutely delicious. Lovely. Kirsty says she's got some lardons that need using up. Um, she made carbonara recently, so trying to think of something else. They're really great in like a frittata or a quiche or something. Or what you could try is like a bacon jam. Oh, yeah. So you've, so you slow cook them with like onions and maybe some smoked paprika and some treacle or some molasses and really slow cook them so you drain the fat out of them so you're just left with like these little gnarly bits of smoky bacon uh salty bacon that's amazing and it keeps for ages in the fridge as well we've definitely got recipes for that on on bbcgoodfood.com i'm sure we have and that's so good like on a burger that's just really yeah really yummy as well all right now juliana has got feta cheese that's going out of date any suggestions Uh, they are pescatarian um I really like baked feta. Yeah. Sort of, it gives it a really, really amazing um, sort of flavour and texture. It sort of softens and it's a lot creamier rather than sort of like sharp and crumbly. Uh, So I do like a tomato sauce, maybe with like a bit of pomegranate molasses in there for a bit of like extra sweet sharpness. And then uh, nestle the feta in it and then grill it or bake it with some like dried oregano or some cumin seeds or whatever you've got over the tops maybe some chili flakes and um and just serve it with pita breads or flatbreads for scooping up absolutely amazing Um, but I also really like I guess this is a great tip if you're not using if you're opening a block of feta and you're not using the whole lot I do find that it goes off really quickly once you open it so I tend to cut it whatever I'm not using cut it into cubes and put it into like a small dish and cover it with olive oil and maybe like some pepper, some chilli, some like peppercorns or chilli flakes or something like that and bay leaves and like a a bit of lemon zest and you do like a marinated feta and it keeps for for ages, it keeps up until the sell-by date um, that way so you're sort of like preserving it for a little bit longer and that's just great in salads um, and you really get those flavours going through the, the feta with whatever you sort of put in there oh, I bet that really transforms it I think that that'll yeah tastes really sort of expensive and, and artisanal when you do that that's such a good I'm totally going to do that I've got two packs of feta in the fridge so one of them's yeah. going that way now it just it does seem to like because obviously there's like a little bit of water in the pack when you open it it does yeah. sort of like go off quite quickly once mm. it's open so it's just amazing to keep it for a week longer and also to be honest it doesn't really last that long because I end up snacking on it <laughs> It is very tasty. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so that's our questions. Thank you so much. And I've got a quick fire thing for you. Okay. Uh, three reasons to be cheerful this week, Anna. Um, because the sun is shining. Okay. And <laughs> this is the hardest thing you've it's, ever. It's asked really me. hard. I'm so sorry. And also, Do I'm you... gonna have, I'm gonna have to give you another one because someone already said sun is shining or mentioned the weather before. So okay. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> just fine. to make, make yeah. it worse. Okay. Um, I'm so mean. <laughs> okay. Um, 
that my radishes and beetroots are doing quite well in the garden, which I'm very happy about. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, I had a beer delivery yesterday, which I'm very excited about. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah. And something about cheese. <laughs> <laughs> blah, 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 um, cheese. <laughs> my cheese, the cheese box in my fridge is full, so I'm a happy lady. <laughs> oh, that's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. What have you got? What cheese have you got in there? Uh, I've got feta, halloumi, um, cheddar, parmesan, pecorino, and some comte. That's a fantastic selection. (laughs) No no blue cheese? You're not a blue cheese fan? So I I do have a creamy blue cheese in there as well, actually. But that's a great idea with the bechamel uh, question we just had. So I do like a gnocchi and then make a bechamel sauce and um, add some blue cheese. So it's like a creamy blue cheese gnocchi. Uh, dish and then I top that with like some quick pickled um red onion and some parsley and maybe like a few breadcrumbs or something oh, that sounds uh, good so that's a great idea for the bechamel yeah that's I mean I think you've used most of the things like you've used the bechamel and the potatoes and yeah you know, there's no eggs in oh no isn't it some eggs and the gnocchi um yeah answer the answer most of the questions with one dish <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is like wonderful. our cheese potato pie all over yeah. again from the last episode. <laughs> oh, delightful. Right. Well, um, thank you, Anna Clever. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been so lovely to have you on the other end of the phone. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and please do check out our BBC Good Food Together Facebook page. Stay tuned on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at 12.30 on weekdays and you'll see uh, members of the cookery team answering your questions directly. And try and use the hashtag stay safe, get cooking and we can see what you're making during this during this time. If you're not on social media, don't worry and you've got a question for the podcast, please do email me. My email address is miriam.nice at immediate.co.uk. I'll just put podcast in the subject bar and then I'll know where it's come from and that you want to, to be featured on here. Next week, we're going to be talking about nostalgic bakes and desserts with Esther Clark. So do send me any questions that you might have on that. Until then, that's it from me. Stay safe and get cooking. You've been listening to the BBC Good Food Essential Recipes podcast. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Acast or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. 